Movie Journey podcast, where not only do we react to movies from the top 250, but we review them on this podcast. Of course, I'm Hendo, and of course, i got Dean here. How are you, bud? Great. I don't remember the last time you introduced the podcast, Hendo. I do it every time now. Do you really? I feel like I do it every time. I don't, your memory's terrible, which is quite <laughs> fitting because we're talking about uh, Christopher Nolan's Memento today, Dean. Yes, we are, Hendo. Yes, uh, I'm pretty pumped for what? this one. Oh, yeah, I mean... Come on, it's Memento. Definitely. It's and Nolan. It's Nolan, man, all right? This has to be like our fifth or sixth Nolan film we've done off the top 250. Really? What, what haven't we done after this? I think Interstellar, Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises. I think that's it. Is Tenet on there? Nah, neither's Dunkirk and the other ones. Following Insomnia. Yeah, those are the other ones. films? Yeah, yeah, we've done the other ones. Yep. Yeah, all right. So, we're, uh, we're going to go watch this movie and react to it and then come back and review it. If you would like to check out our video reaction, head on over to youtube.com slash journey. Or if you want our full-fledged reaction, head on over to patreon.com slash journey. We do a lot of reactions over there. A lot of good fun over there. Big thanks to all the patrons who support us. We love your work. Yes. No, I mean, your continued support of us means the world to us, Hendo. It absolutely does. Keeps us going. All right, Dean, we're going to go watch Memento and we'll come back and review that film. All right, Dean, we just watched Memento. Yes, we did. Holy shit. Yeah, holy shit indeed. What, what a, a film. film. What a film. film. Nolan, man. I mean... Uh, Does he ever miss? I mean, he hasn't missed so far from the movies that we've done for me. You don't rate the... I don't think he still liked The Prestige, but it's just not on the uh, the top tier of Nolan. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. I really like The Prestige, but people like froth it and five star like it, me. which is just... Ridiculous. I think I, I think I like three and a half. It's, That's it's a, terrible. Nah, it's a, it's no, a good movie. Give it a four at least for you. Nah. All right, let's get into the trivia, Dean, here. Memento is a 2000 American mystery thriller film written and directed by Christopher Nolan based on a pitch by Nolan's brother, Jonathan, who wrote the 2001 story Memento Mori from the concept. Memento Mori. I mean, they definitely uh, cleaned up the title, didn't they? I mean, Jonathan obviously works a lot with Christopher um, after this, so yeah. does a lot of writing, makes writes up a lot of the stories that yeah. Nolan goes on and directs, and did Westworld as well. Kira's been watching Person of Interest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was created by Jonathan Nolan. So yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes. Is that, the, is that the one with um, the guy from Lost? Yes. In it? Yeah. yeah. It's not for me. Oh, is that the one? With it's the got kid? the guy from Lost in it. Is that the one with the kid? I don't think it's a kid. No, that's a Kiefer Sutherland one. What's that? Oh, yeah, that was like a one-and-done season, wasn't it? Yeah. All right, let's let's move on. Yeah, starring Guy Pearce, Carrie-Anne Moss, and Joe Pantoliano. Those are your big three key players there, unless you want to throw in a little Mark Rune Jr. there. Like, good on you, mate. That's Stephen Tobolowski. Oh, all right, chuck him in as a fifth. Come on. All right, obviously directed by Nolan, who has done seven of 11 movies in the top 250. So I think that's a tie for the most. Maybe someone – I think maybe Kubrick has eight in the list. Maybe. I think and then like there's like um I think Hitchcock, Kurosawa and Spielberg might have seven each as well. Mm. Something like that. Anyway, uh he's got a new film coming out in a couple of years called Oppenheimer in twenty twenty three. True story? Seems to be based off this plot, the story of American scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer and his role in the development of the atomic yeah, blonde. I think that atomic is true. Bl- I was gonna say atomic blonde. Well, in in the development of the atomic blonde movie. <laughs> Uh, starring Florence Pugh, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, and Matt Damon. That's a good crew there. Can't wait for that one. When I it mean, comes out. surely at this point, 
Nolan can just get whatever cast yeah. he wants. Yeah, he doesn't have to ask. He says, I am telling you, this is who I'm getting and this is what I'm doing. Mm. Cinematography was by Wally Fister. Yes, we did mention his name yes. when he came up in the credits. And he had one uh, Academy Award win for Inception and mm. three nominations uh, for The Prestige, Batman Begins, nice, and The Dark Knight. And we were talking about how he does work with Nolan a lot. He also did The Dark Knight Rises and Insomnia as well. So, uh, a lot of directors stick with the same cinematographer because, you know, what works well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, same with actors. Absolutely. You know, a lot of directors have their, their actors. Their go-to guys, go-to girls. Yeah. Music by David Julian, who also worked with uh, Nolan on other films such as Following, Insomnia and The Prestige. And he's also done another film that we've talked about, The Cabin in the Woods. Hmm. Hmm. So, in 1996, Jonathan Nolan pitched the story for the film to his brother, who was on board from the jump. Jonathan compiled a first draft. Christopher Nolan came up with the idea to tell the film backwards and begin to work on the screenplay. Jonathan wrote the short story simultaneously, and the brothers continued to correspond, sending each other subsequent revisions of their respective works. Look at that. Just going back and forth, passing notes. Yeah. Uh, Christopher initially wrote the script as a linear story, no. and then we'll go back and reorder it the way it is on screen to check the logic. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That yeah makes write sense. it that way, and then just, you know, disjoint it, jumble yeah. it up. Yeah. The you per- imagine, tr- imagine trying to write this film the way it's presented. It'd be tough. Definitely. It would be tough. Come up with the idea, like, okay, this is the scene that's going to start the movie, and I want it to finish here. Now just put everything in between. In the middle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. It's not even like it starts at the end. And finishes at it the start. It does start at the end. It's not like it starts at the end and finishes at the start. It like starts like start yeah, and meets, end. It meets in the middle and then meets at the in end. the middle. Yeah, which is great. It is. It is. Uh, the purpose of the fragmented reverse sequencing, nice, is to force the audience into a sympathetic experience of Leonard's Absolutely. defective ability to create new long-term memories, where prior events are not recalled since the audience has not yet has yet to see them. And it makes perfect sense. Like you got this guy who can't remember what he's done prior, and it shows up with like certain scenes show up where. You know, he's sitting on the toilet with the the drink. He's like, oh, I don't feel drunk. It's like, yeah, so what's going on here? We have no idea. Or the one where he's at the bar and she gives him the drink and everyone's laughing at him. It's like, yeah, he's just mm. having a drink. Yeah. Because that's what he thinks at that point. And then yeah. you find out afterwards, no, it's full of bloody spit. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Jonathan's short story is radically different from Christopher's film, although it maintains the same essential elements. In Jonathan's version, Leonard is instead named Earl and is a patient at a mental institution. As in the film, his wife was killed by an anonymous man, and during the attack on his wife, Earl lost his ability to create new long-term memories. Like Leonard, Earl leaves notes to himself and has tattoos with information about the killer. Seems pretty similar. Earl convinces himself through his own written notes to escape the mental institution and murder (laughs) his wife's killer. It's like a prequel. Uh, bit much, bit much. Uh, the chronological order of this story can actually be viewed as a hidden feature on DVDs. I miss DVDs having like the the hidden features. DVDs used to have like your little Easter eggs. You need to f- yeah, go into like all these different little pages. Yeah, like you press the left arrow off the screen and yeah. you enter and you'll get something new. Um, but in this special feature, the chapters of the film are put together in chronological order and is shown, uh, you know, as as it as it would be in chronological. I just... It definitely would not have the same magic. It'd be interesting to watch it after you've seen it the right way to see what it would be like, but watching it for the first time in chronological order would ruin the film because there'd be no no mystery, there'd be no surprise. Mm, You know exactly what's going on. Yep, yep. Yeah. 
The mysterious killer character known only as John G was actually an homage to Jonathan's Georgetown University screenwriting professor at the time, John Glavin, and Leonard Shelby did kill him earlier on in his lifetime. Mm. So Brad Pitt was initially up to play Leonard. <laughs> just breeze past that. What? <laughs> yeah, we'll just uh, step over your terrible joke and move on. Uh, yes, as as... As is as the norm. Yes. Uh, Pitt was interested in the part, but passed due to scheduling conflicts. What was he doing around this time? Snatch, Ocean's Eleven. No, uh, 2000, yeah. Snatch. Snatch. Uh, meet Joe Black in 99. Mm. Mm. Uh, other considered actors included Aaron Eckhart and Thomas Jane. Okay, well, Thomas Jane does go on to play a character who seeks revenge for the murder of his family. Hmm. The Punisher. Punisher, you know, I know. Uh, but the role went to Guy Pierce, who impressed Nolan the most. Pierce was cho- chosen partly for his lack of celebrity. Okay. After Pitt passed, they decided to skew the pursuit of A-list stars and make the film for less money by using an affordable quality actor. Glad they use the word quality there, because Guy Pierce is very good in this film. And they talk about lack <laughs> of celebrity. Hold on, how would how would Brad Pitt go here? It'd be that's the thing. The celebrity persona would just like, oh, it's Brad Pitt. Like he'd just be so swooned by his charm. I don't, I don't know if he could pull off the. Uh, yeah, Brad Pitt's a good actor. He is. I don't know. I got Guy Pierce is just. He's just done Fight Club. He was doing Fight Club at this time. Maybe that's what he was scheduled. He's scheduled. Yeah, maybe. Was. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, two thousand. He was. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. Ninety nine. Ninety nine was, Fight, was Club. Yeah. Fight Club. Yeah, and Guy Pierce probably had just done Ali Confidential in terms of Hollywood stardom. Mm. So that was a couple of years ago. So yeah. yeah. After being impressed by Carrie Ann Moss's performance as Trinity in The Matrix, Nolan decided to cast Moss as Natalie, saying she added an enormous amount to the role of Natalie that wasn't on the page. She was good. Yeah, I thought she was really good. Mm. Quite solid. For the corrupt police officer, Teddy. Teddy. Moss suggested a Matrix co-star, Joe Pantoliano. (laughs) Although there was a concern that Pantoliano might be too villainous for the part, he was still cast, and Nolan said he was surprised by the actor's subtlety in his performance. Too villainous. I mean, he's just always shifty. It's smarmy in this film. I don't don't think villainous. I mean, how long are you supposed to believe that he is the killer? Is it up until the very moment at the end when he reveals actually what is going on? I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah, it has to be. But at what other points do you start to think maybe he isn't the killer? Like, why would he continue to hang around this guy if it's so, like, if he was the one Mm. who did it? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make sense without knowing that. Yeah, anyway, it, it was a 25-day shooting schedule. Pierce was on set every day during filming, although all three principal actors performed together only on the first day of shooting. Wow. I mean, there's not a there's not a scene without Pierce. There's not a scene with all three of them together. Oh, shit. There is a scene without Pierce. There's a few of Sammy Jenkins and his wife. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yep, and Sammy Jenkins in the mental institution. That's one shot. What do you mean? It's one shot. Of, oh, oh, the test is your fucking quack. Yeah, I thought you meant the one where he's sitting in the in the chair. Hmm. All of Moss's scenes were completed in the first week. So, gee, that's all right. Do one week of filming, off you go. You're done. Hmm. In the opening scene in which Leonard kills Teddy, a.k.a. the final scene, for the shot of a shell. Oh, it's a shell, a shell casing. There you go. God damn it. We were both right. Wow. <laughs> Flying upwards, the shell had to be dropped in front of the camera in forward motion, but, in, but it constantly rolled out of frame. Nolan was forced to blow the casing out of frame instead, but in the confusion, the crew shot it backwards. They then had to make an optical, a copy of the shot, and reverse the shot to make it go forward again. That was the height of complexity in terms of this film, Nolan said. An optical to make a backwards running shot forwards, and the forward shot is a simulation of a backwards shot. Stop it. Tenet. Tenet. God. He loves it. 
During Teddy's line, you don't have a clue, you freak. Director Christopher Nolan felt that Joe Pantoliano did not quite nail the end of the line, so he decided to re-record the last two words to his liking, delivering them himself. What? Therefore, in the film, the words, you freak as we hear them, are actually being said not by Joe Pantoliano, but by Nolan impersonating his voice. Wow. Spot on, by the way. That is a good bit of trivia. You freak. Sound a bit more like Heath Ledger then. Yeah. Many of Leonard's unique voiceovers were improvised by Guy Pearce. Okay. Hmm. Uh, all of, uh, speaking of which, all of the dialogue in the black and white sequences that features Sammy were improvised. That makes sense. Total Asky, I'm sure he did a bit of improvisation on Groundhog Day as well. Hmm. Yeah. So there's a bit of, a little bit of confusion about the, re- the release date of this film. So, I believe Americans think this is a 2001 film because it actually came out earlier in 2000 for Europe and Australia. That's why I've always known it as a 2000 film. Hmm. But I think it only hit cinemas in America in 2001, which is why it was uh, it qualified for the 2002 Academy Awards, not the 2001. You know what I mean? Hmm. You understand that? Good. Anyway, the film gained substantial word-of-mouth press from the film festival circuit. It premiered at the 2000 Venice Film Festival, where it received a standing ovation. With the publicity from these events, Memento did not have trouble finding foreign dist- foreign distributors opening in more than 20 countries worldwide, including Australia. Hmm. Finding American distributors proved more troublesome, though. Memento was screened for various studio heads, including Harvey Weinstein. Yeah apparently is noteworthy, uh, in March 2000. Although most of the executives loved the film and praised Nolan's talent, all passed on distributing the picture, Poor believing fun. it was too confusing and would not attract a large audience. After Steven Soderbergh saw the film and learned it was not being distributed, he championed the film in interviews and public events, giving it even more plub, 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 plub. Mm. <laughs> publicity, although still didn't secure a distributor. Wow. Jesus, what's going on? New market in a financially risky move, decided to distribute the film itself. After the first few weeks of distribution, Memento had reached more than 500 theatres nice. and earned a domestic total of $25 million in, a, in its box office run. The film's success was surprising to those who passed on the film, so much so that Weinstein realised his mistake and tried to buy the film from New Market. Not the last mistake he'll make. Mm. So, you did say the uh, domestic box office there are $25 million. Much easier if you Yeah, I don't know why you were reaching there. (laughs) A budget of $9 million and worldwide grossed $40 million. So, successful. Successful. More than four times its its budget back. Hey, Paranoid Android by Radiohead was originally going to be used in the closing credits, but Christopher Nolan decided that the royalties needed to use this song would be too great for this low-budget film. You're disappointed? I mean, it would have been great, yeah. 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 Oh, Radiohead. Oh, that's you, it. Do you know Paranoid Android at all? I think I've heard that song before. It's one of their most well-known, I would say. The name rings a bell, for sure. Mm. Anyway, this has two Academy Award nominations. Track two. For the uh, okay Stop computer. It, we're not talking about Radiohead anymore, at the 2002 Academy Awards. For Best Original Screenplay, which it lost to Gosford Park, with the other nominees being Amelie, Monsters Ball, and The Royal Tenenbaums. And it lost Best Film Editing to Black Hawk Down, which was also nominated with Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, A Beautiful Mind, and Moulin Rouge. Hmm. Uh, Memento was considered cultural, culturally... <laughs> I'm not doing well. Memento was considered culturally, historically, and 
Aesthetically. Aesthetically. Significant. Too many double LYs. No, I paused because the writing says or and I said and. Uh, significant by the US Library of Congress and was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry in 2017. It is Christopher Nolan's first movie. You dickhead. <laughs> I just got this off the sites, all right? I didn't type this. It is Christopher Nolan's first movie to be preserved in the National Film Registry. It was also the first non-documentary film from the 2000s to be preserved. Wow. It's pretty right. cool. All right, let's look at the scores here. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 93%, oh. saying Christopher Nolan skillfully guides the audience through Memento's fractured narrative, seeping his film in existential dread. Wow. The audience... Like it more with a 94%. Metacritic, give it the uh, giant meta 80%. It's huge. Letterbox also gives it the huge 4.1. But let's take a look at the history of Memento in the IMDb Top 250 list, with its first entry being in the list on the 22nd of March in 2001, with its highest rank being seven days later at number nine. That was its peak. Crack wow. the top 10. Damn. But since then, a very small trajectory over, what is it now, 21 years to 55, with an 8.4 over 1.18 million votes. Massive. Very impressive. Very good. I don't have any more trivia here, do I? No, nope, we are done. All right, Dean, we just watched Memento. We've gone through the trivia. Let's talk about this film. What do you think of Memento? I adore this film. Yes. Yeah, I watched this when I was like 15, maybe even 14. Mm-hmm. Um, watched it at a mate's place. And I went home and I watched it again immediately after. Yep. Um, and like, there's just so much that you don't get on a first time viewing for this. Uh, this film just, I mean, the, the, the narrative structure is just so, yeah, it's just so gripping. Like yep. you're watching it. Like it is this fantastic murder mystery at its core. Surely this has to be a, um, uh, one of the first. Films to have a sort, some sort, like a broken narrative. Like who, which name a movie prior to this? Like Yojimbo, not Yojimbo. What's the other one? Rashomon. Rashomon, where it's telling a, the same story from multiple perspectives. Yeah. Where this is the same, the story from the same character broken up into different Backwards. parts of a timeline. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 so original. It's like, ingenious. I mean, seriously, it's, it's just, and it's done perfectly. It's not like they had this idea and they didn't deliver. They just nailed. Every single scene, every yep. scene, you're just like, what happened? What happened? What happened? Which is the beauty of it because that's exactly what your main character's like. Like, Look, you're, you're so behind this this character that when you you find out ultimately that he's lying to himself and, you know, by yep. extension, lying to you, it's just so much more so much more impactful. I just, I just find it incredible. What, what a film. And uh, what do you think? Look, I have to mirror absolutely... Everything you said. I watched this for the first time. I think it was back, I think it was 2004 because I remember I was at a friend's place and just burning through movies and I saw this memento. I'm like, oh, all right, let's watch this. And it would have been about 25, 30 minutes into it when I was like, oh, my God, the black and white is forward and the color is backwards. Mm. I'm starting this again. Really? So I played it back from the beginning on the old DVD and with just intent, Mm. just focus trying to get every piece of information and then, oh, mate, it was delicious. It mm. was such a fantastic movie. I haven't seen, again, I haven't watched this movie in, I can't even remember the last time. It might have been, it wouldn't have been then. I'm, I'm sure I've seen it after that, but it would at least be 10 years. 
at least 10 years. Do you, were, you, were you remembering lines in this film as we watched it tonight? A couple. Yeah. I remember a couple. Yeah, I remember about your fucking condition, condition Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, Lenny, I've, whatever it was. Lenny. Yeah. Um, I've seen this probably 15 times. Yeah. Like, this is just... It's so easy to watch. Yep. Like, even... Like, it just flies. Like, I know it's not a long movie, but it just goes so fast. It's just yeah, I was actually, I was actually shocked when we saw the runtime. It was less than two hours. I was always under the impression that it went for longer than two hours. Mm. And even with, what was an hour 48 or something? Yeah, very quick. Mm. I feel like it's because you get those, it's like little vignettes because it's, because it's cut in between. Each little, each little scene is its own little scene. It's so, so fresh. Not, yeah, exactly. Every scene's fresh. Yeah. I mean, like the character of Leonard is just, he's so ambiguous. It's, he's clearly, he's broken, but mm. you, Sympathize with him because you're going through the motions with him. Because you see how hard yeah. it is, how confusing it must be to live like this. And you you pity him because of the of the the actions that everyone is doing around him. They're using him, they're abusing him yeah. every single time. Literally, and everyone. he can't do anything about it. And then when you realise the situation, you can't do anything to help him. No, he's already forgotten it. I mean, when you realise the situation, you realise that he's using himself. Like he's yeah, allowing yeah, exactly. this to happen. This, you know, that that final sort of. You know, will I lie? Will I lie to myself to make myself happy? In your case, Teddy, I will. You think he's the hero, so but he's good. just like the others. He lies. He condemns Teddy to death yeah. doing this. He knows eventually he himself will kill him. Yep. But he does it to continue a purpose, which mm. is what exactly Teddy was telling him that he's been doing for him constantly. Yeah, and he says it himself, like Sammy. Yeah, this made-up version of Sammy that he's created and conditioned in his mind. He says his problem was he had no purpose. Yeah. Right? And he knows that with his condition, he must have a reason to live. I love so the just- two different words of condition and conditioning in mm. this film. Like, he always talks about his condition. Mm. Yet he's conditioned himself to believe himself to be the, the to not be the Sammy Jankis character. Mm. Like, mm. It's, 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 con- it's conditioned in two different ways and it did, all plays so well. Did you catch the shot where he's yeah. sitting? Yeah, okay. I yeah. wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, there's a shot. Where Sammy's sitting in the mental institution where a nurse or someone walks past the camera and there's a frame of Guy Pearce, yeah, sitting in the chair. Yeah. I thought that was great as well. Like there's that quick little hint, like if it's if you're watching it for the first time and you you're really still trying to figure out what's going on and you see that little frame, like you're lucky if you see that and it's like, yeah. Well, what the hell was that? Yeah. But then boom, you snapped into a new thing and you're like, yeah. Wait, what's going on? Like, it's just, you don't have time to sort of breathe and think like, about- Like, is it just him thinking himself as Sammy Jenkins because he also has the short-term memory loss? Like, mm. that could have potentially been him in his yeah. own mind. Who knows? But the whole, like, Sammy didn't have a wife. It's like, wow. Like, wow. he has just lied. To create this woman, this whole story of mm-hmm. this wife- um, The irony of his tattoo to remember Sammy Jenkins and he has done nothing but- like he, I mean, he's completely forgotten Sammy Jankus. Sammy Jankus is not the character he's been telling everyone about. No. That's him. Hmm. So he's not remembering Sammy Jankus. He's remembering himself as Sammy Jankus. So like, when he got that tattoo, is that him? Oh, he knew there. There would have been another moment of clarity there where he was fully aware of what was going on. Yeah, aware that he killed he his fully wife. Fully conditioned himself. Cannot handle yeah. the truth. Mm-hmm. What can I do? I've got to write it on on the back of my hand. Yeah, like, remember Sammy Jenkins. No other, that is the character no right other place. No one. No other place on his body will get seen as much mm-hmm. as the top of his hand. Yeah. Remember Sammy Jenkins. Remember that it wasn't you who killed your wife because yeah. you can't live with that. It was Sammy Jenkins. It's insane. <sighs> See, the thing with Nolan is he can do 
multi, like multi-million dollar blockbuster franchises and you can do quiet little indies that is just really focused on characters, arcs, stories, and they both work so well. Mm. Like Memento is, is I was going to say, it's Nolan's best film. I, I, I love this film. I also agree with you, Hendo. Yeah. Like you'll see that in the rankings coming up, but it's going to fetch quite high. Fetch, my- it will fetch quite high. It's going to fetch up. This movie's real- so fetch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hendo. So, and even with just the three key like actors here, they're all great. Oh, like, they, they are perfect because you got Joe Pantoliano who just plays that smarmy guy, but he, he you can see there is a bit of bit of truth, bit of respect to him. Like he's 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 doing it for his own you know self gain, but he is helping Lenny have a life. Hmm. Like he's doing it with a little bit on the side, but he doesn't have to do that. No, like I like we said it in the reaction when he's telling him his story about how, where he's been and, he, you know, what happened. And he believed his story when his wife was raped mm. and murdered and all that stuff. And he yep. helped him have a purpose. That's all. That, that's true. Hold on. Are, you say, are you saying Teddy believed that his wife was murdered? No. Teddy <laughs> helped him get through all that and help him find the guy who did that. Mm. Like, that's not – that can't just be some smarmy asshole. He's, he's done it with a bit – done it with a bit of uh, truth to it. Mm. No, it's just – yeah, it's such a well done film, and yeah, I meant I mentioned in the reaction, but those those moments where he's just that voiceover, like the voiceover is so good. Yeah. Uh, those just those like massive, you know, introspective moments where he's just talking about. So should I lie to myself to make myself? It's not. Feel it's better? not just that. It's, it's like the the scene where he's laying in bed and he's got Natalie just asleep next to him, and he's just yeah, talking about saying. talking about what it is to be who he is. It's just. Man, it's so deep. Well, we're talking about scenes like that. Excellent! What is your favourite scene of this film? I mean, I I, I love that scene. Mm. And I love I love the reveal that, you know, it was it was Lenny who punched Natalie and what she did. Mm-hmm. But that I, that's the first point where you're like, yeah, oh shit. Okay, yeah. there's a lot here that's not being told properly. I don't know how you can go past the him talking to himself. Telling himself, "I will lie to be happy." Yeah, and the, end, the ending the slash end, middle. The end twist. Yeah, is just it's phenomenal. Yeah. That you know, like he's saying, yeah, that that whole scene where he's saying like memories are unreliable. You know, mm-hmm. all that matters is facts, and then his facts are just lies. Yeah, he lies to make like, facts, which he which, will then believe. Which I mean, the beauty is, it's not someone else's lies that he's exactly. Like, he knows he's lying to he's himself, saying, and he, he lets it happen. He's saying, "Don't believe Teddy's lies," but he's going to believe his own lies. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. That is the yeah, best scene. It in the has movie. to be. It's it's so good. That reveal, the whole convo with jo- with John G with Teddy, leading into him making that choice of what he's going to do to continue the story you've just seen. Mm. It's it's fantastic. It's such a, such a great scene. Such a great movie. So good. Any last words? All right, Dean. What do you rate Memento? I mean, this mind bending mastery of a film. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. This film is incredible. I don't know if I can disagree with you, and I'm not going to because this film is just told perfectly. The script is so tight, fantastic acting. The twists along the way are great. The way everything combines is just delicious. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. Nice. I was the best because the crowd loved me. All right, Dean, where are you going to rank Christopher Nolan's Memento? Take a look at that list. Okay. So, I said it's my favourite, Nolan. Mm -hmm. I have Batman Begins at number six. Yeah. 
So, this is potentially top five material. Let's find out. Does it beat your number five, Pulp Fiction? Oh. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do it. How can you do it? Uh, does it beat Pulp Fiction? Does it beat Pulp Fiction? That is tough. That is very tough. <laughs> I'm going to say... God, I mean, similarities, you know, Tarantino's second film, Nolan's second film. It's probably it for the similarities. Uh, told out of the story's told yeah, out of uh, yeah, time, you know, out of time. It's like Back to the Future, like the number plate. Uh, I don't think it is. I'm okay. going to put slightly, slightly behind Pulp Fiction at my new number six. Hey, you got five and you got six, six and seven as uh, Nolan films. Yeah, look at that. And right. and uh, Inception at eleven. And The Dark Knight at 13. Come wow. on, stop it. <laughs> so, in my top 13, I've got what? One, two, three, four. Yeah. Wow, crazy. Anyway, enough about you. We're going to look at my list here. And I also said it was the best Nolan film. And that means it's going to put it above Inception into my number seven slot here. And let's continue on and have a look at what we've got. Coming up to number six with Gladiator. And this is better than Gladiator. And now up to, is mm-hmm. it going to crack my top five? What a top five. With the, uh, the back-to-back combo of The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2. Imagine if you just put it in the middle there. Oh, imagine if I imagine put it in the middle. <laughs> How oh. annoying. I mean, you have a film in between those movies. Do I? Oh, yeah. Once One Time in America? Yeah. yeah. Nice. Wow. Okay. You know what? Don't do it. This is going up to my number four film. It's taking over both The Godfathers, but it's not going above seven. Okay. Hold on. Didn't you say it was your number four film? Yeah. It was going up to number four, passing The Godfathers, but it's not going up. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) How did it take you so long to realise what I was saying? Uh, It's my number four film, but it's not going past seven. Four is past seven. uh, Memento is going to be my new number four out of 103 films off the IMDb Top 250 list. Wow. Wow, indeed. We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this could be it. Oh... All right, let's see what some of our patrons think about this movie. First one here from Kevin Ayuna says, Funnily, I keep forgetting if I've seen this movie or not. Clever. Clever. I like it. Hmm. Thanks, Kevin, for that brief, funny review. But, of course, we've got... Shane! (laughs) Well done, boys. I really enjoyed watching your reaction and your breakdown of the film. Dean had a lot of interesting things to say. (laughs) Well... Hendo also offered some unique perspectives. Five stars. Um, would it be like super lame if I do this review backwards? <laughs> Don't answer that question. Um, Memento is a movie that I have seen so many times that I almost lo- know every line of dialogue. I'm, I'm desensitized to this movie. It, it has almost no effect on me anymore. You know, I, I watched it today. It was pretty good. I just wasn't drawn into it as I once was. For whatever reason, <laughs> I can't get. I still can't get that line. Remember Sammy Jenkins out of my head now. <laughs> so I still got that on me. Uh, overall, though, um, it's a uh, timeless classic. It's been probably about three or four years since I rewatched it, but um, on paper, I thought it would be a great choice for the movie journey, as it is mostly a puzzle that needs to be, you know, solved, etc. So you can really look deep into that. I think Memento peaked for me around age 17 or 18. For about a minute, it was my favourite film of all time, possibly before I saw Once Upon a Time in America. I think I only understood Memento properly after maybe about four watches. 
It was definitely a um, strange experience, that first watch. Even today, it's just like you have to keep up on remembering what happened, but it's what happened afterwards, so it disorientates the way you build a story in your mind. Even after the film's done, it takes a lot to piece it all back together. I remember the first time I saw Memento, it was um, at the cinema. I guess I'm lucky to have that experience. No one knew who Christopher Nolan was. I saw a five-star review in the paper and I thought it sounded like it would be a great murder mystery. (laughs) I had a joke going in that the twist would be that he killed his own wife. (laughs) And um, I was too young after that first watch to understand that I was pretty much right. All right, (laughs) Memento. Now, where was I? (laughs) Thank you, Shane. So, we thought that he was five-starring our review, but in backwards, he was rating it five stars. Ah. Yeah. So, uh, maybe I need to listen to that another three, four more times to get it. Did you deconstruct that as, like, the end and then the start and then the end and the start? I reckon he did. You did say that he was very proud of his review of Memento. He was. I wonder if he... I mean, I don't wonder because I don't think he has the editing skills, but I wonder if he (laughs) recorded it, like, normal and then cut it. No, he did what Nolan did, and he wrote it out, and then he he butchered it. Butchered. <laughs> no, but thank you for uh, liking our reaction <laughs> before you'd seen it. <laughs> uh, cheers, Shane. Very well done. Thanks, mate. So, what's next? All right. Next week, Dean, Top 250. Uh, it's another patron-requested review, and it's uh, Chris Beardsall's turn. What has the B-Man got for us? He is going with our final Tarantino film to do. Talking about Inglorious Bastards. What a glorious day. A glorious day indeed for that one. I cannot wait for that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until next week, thank you very much, guys, for checking out this episode. And we'll see you then for Inglorious Bastards. Bye. Bye.